0: Good evening, everyone. I apologize that I have to have written font here. It's my glasses, or my Bible, is a very small print, so I printed the Bible passages in larger print for myself so I don't hinder my reading, which, bear with me, is not the greatest. This evening I have been moved by the Spirit to talk about something that affects every single one of us, and we... React in different ways. We know that we all live here in this earth, and we all are temporal beings with a heavenly vision. We're infected. We are all affected by change. Change comes in different formats in your life. It can be called. It can be brought on by the Holy Spirit guiding you. It could be called on a change by an incident at work or school. You could be minding your own business, and the next thing you know, your life can change. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. So with the Lord's help, I'd like to walk through the Scriptures. And I've picked and choose. There are so many different characters that are walking in the Scriptures that have changed their life's course. And I've chosen a few of them. And if you would like to follow along, I'll be jumping around a little bit, but we'll start out in Genesis chapter three, verse eight, beginning and ver- reading in verse eight. We pick up the reading here. We know that Adam and Eve have sinned; they have partaken of the fruit, and this is how the events transitioned afterwards. Starting with verse eight, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. At Adam and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees in the garden of the garden and the Lord's God called unto Adam and said unto him where art thou I'd like to pause here for a moment. we know that the relationship between Adam and Eve was very close with God. they God never had to search for them. They didn't have to search for God. They were communing with Him at all times. Change happened. Satan got a hold of them, and they partaken of the fruit, and now there's a change. We skip down to verse number 12. We hear the response of Adam. And God, and the man said, The woman whom thou givest to me, with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. We see the blame game. The change has happened. Now they're blaming people, or blaming somebody else. How many times do we have changes in our lives where we will start blaming something? We'll start saying well this if this circumstance didn't happen i wouldn't be in this mess or if i would have done this i would be better off we start picking and choosing and blaming but we know that god is a god that walks with us whether we sin or whether we are doing his will he's always with us as believers and he's always there to forgive and to grant forgiveness to us, if we ask him. And we know that at the end of this passage that we read here, in verse number 17, it says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground that thou, sh- for thy sake, and sorrow thou shalt eat it all the days of thy life. Thorns also thistles shall be, shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat herb, shall eat the herbs of the field. In the sweat of your face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return to the ground from out oh, of it, wist thou, wist thou taken, for from dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. We see that God had to punish them, or had to give some kind of consequence for the sin that was in their life that changed their life. But we know that God was gracious to them. We know that in the garden, before the sin, they were naked. After the sin, he provided for them. He provided clothing for them. He covered them. In our lives, he provides salvation for us, grace, the blood of Christ for us that will assist us, that will help us to overcome the change in our life. And we know that they were taken out of the Garden of Eden. We know that they were not permitted to go in there. But we know that God was always with them still. And he blessed them, and he provided for them. Another person that I thought of that had a change in his life was Abram. Abram starts in Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord said unto Abraham get thee out of the country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land which I will shew thee and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make my make thy name great and thou shalt be and thou shall be a blessing and I will bless thee and bless and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee and in and in these shall all families of the earth be blessed. So we see in verse four, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. God asked Abraham, or Abram, to change, to move, to leave, to pack up and move on to a land that he did not know of, but he trusted God. And things worked out. How many of us have been asked to do something where we don't know what's next? How much faith do we have in God that he will carry us through that? And we see how blessed Abraham's life has been and how blessed the nation of Israel is and how blessed we are through this. We also can look at the life of Moses. Moses' life has changed. He was minding his own business. He was tending to the flock in the, in the wilderness, and God called him, changed his course in life. He was content to be tending to his flocks and minding his own business and not getting involved with things, but God had plans for him, and he was obedient. And God used him mightily to bring his people out of slavery and bondage. And we know that through that we have so many different examples of how Moses, God provided through Moses for Moses, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness. God never left him, nor forsook him. He had another very close relationship with god so as we see the instances that have been shared right now we see that there was something that was between these individuals and god there was a relationship the change came it may have been difficult at first but we don't read that they were complaining about it we knew that they were obedient to it we know that moses he had some concerns he couldn't he was not good at public speaking like myself but god took care of that god will provide for you if he asks you to change your path or your course he's going to provide he will never ask you to do something that he was not willing or did not already do he is always there and change can be scary I, knew, I could picture myself as Moses just standing there watching the sheep, daydreaming, whatever you're doing, and all of a sudden your life is turned upside down. Here you've got to go before, before the pharaoh and ask him to let God's people go. And God, uh, God already told him that there's going to be resistance. God prepared him for that. But he said, I'll be with you and I'm going to demonstrate my power through you if you're obedient to me and if you will trust me, obey me. We know that there are many other examples and one of them is um, me. Jonah. Jonah was asked to go and to proclaim the gospel to a city that he did not want to go to. We see that he tried to escape. And God put the binder, breaks on him. He sometimes will tell you to do something. And he may stop you dead in your tracks. Redirect your path to bring you into line with his purpose and his direction in life. It's happened in my life. I'll share my a little brief testimony. When I was 15 years old, life was good. Had no cares, no concerns. I had a lot of friends. Church friends, not too many school friends, but I had good friends. They were clean friends. They didn't get me into trouble. But God stopped me dead in my tracks one night. He had told me that you may die tonight. There's going to be an event that's going to happen. And you know what the Bible says? That my second coming will be coming shortly. And this event was something to do with the cosmics, the stars and the planets were all going to be aligning up into one quadrant of the universe. I was terrified. I thought, this is it. The end of the world is coming tonight. I gotta give my life to the Lord. So I did. Changed my life forever. It was scary because I had friends that were not even, I shouldn't say they didn't care about God, they didn't care about the church, but we were having so much fun. We would be the ones in the back benches with our heads down talking. We didn't have cell phones or anything, so we couldn't be playing video games, but we could be sharing different things. But we didn't. We didn't pay attention to the message that was preached. God stopped me that night, and I want to encourage the young ones that are here that when God calls you to change your life, it's not going to be hard. You can drag it over for three, four, five months, three, four, five years. It's not going to avail. When God calls you, muster up that energy to say, "I will follow you," and He will bless you. He will provide everything you need. I know it's scary. I, w- I thought I was going to lose all my friends. They're going to say, "Okay, yeah, you know, we can't hang out with Mike anymore. He's a Christian. He's a goody goody. He can't come." But you know what? God used that for me to be able to bring these boys that I hung out with to the Lord. Some of them have left the church and have never given their life to the Lord. But I don't know the future. They may come back. They may go to another place of worship and find the Lord there. I pray and hope for I pray that would happen. But I took care of myself because it was a very personal call, very personal change. I could share it with people, but I had to experience it myself. There are a few verses that I'd like to share that sometimes will help us overcome the anxiety that comes along with change. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, He it is that goeth with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Remember. It's the Lord God thy God your personal God that will go with you. He will take you through this life's path that he's asked you to go down. He will carry that burden for you. He will never forsake thee. Though sometimes you I got to be honest, sometimes I feel that there is a bigger gap between God and myself. It's not because God moved, I moved. I withdrew myself from God. God's the same, and that's our rock. And he was the one that we can go to, and he gives us the grace to do that. Jeremiah nine twenty nine eleven says, For I know thy thoughts, that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. He will provide for you. He knows the future. He knows your life better than you do. He knows every path that you're going to go down. And that's why He's going to ask you to change. So let's not fear change. Let's not worry about it. Let God worry about the change. He knows the future. He knows how you're going to be. I don't know if tonight I might go home, go to bed, and never wake up again. I don't know that. But if I put my life into God's hands, I don't need to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will come. Life will go on with or without me. Yes, there's going to be loved ones that will miss me. But life just keeps on moving on. And I was driven home one time. It was really driven home to me one time. When my sister passed away, I remember the next day I had to go out. And it was such a devastation when I found the news that my sister passed away. But I was so amazed that life was just bustling. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Did you not know my sister died? Like everybody should be slowing down, mourning, like I am. And then I realized, no. This is my personal experience that I have to go through with God. And God's going to help me through it. Yes, the world is evolving and moving along. And I'm in this continuum of eternity, going along with it. But people are passing me. They don't know the hurt that's in me. They don't know what's transpired in my life. They don't know what transpires in your life. But God does. And God's the one that's in control of our lives. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine height and heart and lean not on thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Acknowledge that it's God. Give God the praise. Don't be ashamed to say, I thank God that he's given me this opportunity to have this job or to tackle this project and to have this success. Give him the praise. Don't worry about your friends if they're going to make fun of you. They're not making fun of you personally. They're making fun of God. Remember that they're going to have to give an account for every word that comes out of their mouth, just as we are. And if we neglect to give God the praise, we're going to have to give account for that. So we need to trust in the Lord. Lean on Him. Psalm 32, eight. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the ways that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. God's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. He's going to provide for you. The one interesting thing is we have two eyes on our head. and They're fixated at the front. We don't see what's behind us. We don't see... We may have good peripheral vision, but we can't see everything that's beside us that's going on. God sees 360 degrees... 24 7. He doesn't live in darkness. He lives in perfect light. Everything to him is crystal clear and it functions as his will. We sometimes, you know, may think, well, I'm in control of my life. I know my destiny. I know that today I'm going to wake up, I'm going to go to work, or I'm going to go to school, or I'm going to be at home taking care of my little ones. And I just know this routine. Two minutes later, you may get a phone call. That's all out the door. That routine, that lifestyle that you're so acquainted, accustomed to, is changed. But God didn't change. He may call you to a service. He may call you to to go and visit somebody, go comfort somebody, help somebody, to be a shoulder for somebody to cry on. But he's going to help you. He's going to change your life. And he's going to change it for the better. He doesn't change it for the worse. He always does it for the better. Because he loves us. He cares for us. I'll close with Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Isn't that beautiful? He's not slacking off. You know, sometimes we will say, I'll get to this tomorrow. I'll get to this in a couple hours. And it never gets done. God doesn't slack around. He promises it. It's done. When it comes out of God's words, out of his mouth, it's 100% perfect, perfect, and completed, and that's something that we can rest on. And if He leads us to repentance, all of you that need the Lord Jesus this evening—if He's calling you to repent, whether we need to repent for a sin or a hurt that we've caused somebody, or we need to repent to Him about our sins and ask Him for forgiveness for the very, very first time—He's there. And he's always going to be there for us. So I hope and pray that with these few words, we would have been encouraged to remember that change will come. But let's not fear it. Let's, let's surround our arms in it. Let's take it by the reins and say, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this ride, Lord, take me where you want me to go.